feel that I really don't need another Hydro Flask. As you can see here, this is a different one than the one I normally have. Your wife will judge you. Do not get another Hydro Flask. But I, I want one. But we cannot have all the things we want in life. I know, but yours is so pretty. But you buy too many things. I know, but I, 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 I feel like I fear I will be a Hydro Flask hoarder. In your life, how many Hydro Flasks have you owned? I think just three. And I lost one. Surely it's been more than three. No, it's been three. Because previously I had like a greenish one that I like But you left. had a blue one before that. Did I? Yeah, you no. had a dark blue one because... Or did you and Rosie have the same one? No, we had the same one. I only... I definitely had another one that was not like the bright blue, but I didn't have a dark blue one. I think you just think that I've had multiple because so many people we know have Hydro Flasks, but I've just had one before my current blue one and I lost that one. Have you only lost one? I thought you'd lost two. No, I've only lost one. I've nearly lost my blue one several times. But oh, perhaps that is what I am thinking of. Yeah, but I have actually not actually lost it. Yeah. Honestly, I felt guilty buying this one. Because you already have one yeah how does that hydro flask feel about being replaced i still use it <laughs> it's Almost. fine oh is it it lives in my skate bag does it only just think it's fine well it's actually phenomenal because sometimes i use it for tea oh i see yes which is life-changing because previously i would always have trouble finishing tea before it got cold and now my life is so beautiful and perfect this episode is brought to you by hydro flask <laughs> If only, man. If only. <laughs> then you could get them for free. Which would be amazing. And Alex would probably not judge you. I know. Because they cost like $30 a bottle. Well, maybe she would, but then she could also scam free stuff, which I think would excite her. Yeah, that would really excite her. <laughs> Welcome to Romcomathon. I'm Kat. And I'm Alex. And today we're talking about Love, Rosie. I would like to preface that Alex has already seen this film and I had not seen it. And she basically told me that it was bad, but she loves it. And I think I love it less post this viewing, <laughs> but sure. I Here's the thing. For the first like 25% of this movie, I was like, I don't even know what she's talking about. Bad. This movie is perfect. <laughs> and then it was just this like slow unwinding of like, oh, I see what you meant. Alex actually was like, is this really romantic comedy? It certainly is comedic, but perhaps it was not on purpose. It really felt to me like something you and I would have written circa like 2003. Yes. I will say that it's based on a book. Yes. And I looked up that book and they're not that alike. Really? Are they not alike? Because I feel like I have... Like, I read the book, I think, before I saw this movie or, or whatever, and I think there were a lot of similarities, but now I don't remember because I read the book so long ago. Well, the book seems to be that he moves away, like, when they're still kids, essentially, and grows up in Boston. Oh. That's why, like, the book is epistolary. Oh, I don't remember, clearly. But this seems like a good segue for me to actually describe the plot. Okay, yes, please. So Sam Claflin, the beautiful person from The Hunger Games and that other movie, Me Before You, Yes. Is that what it's called? Yes. I was yes. like, it's me, preposition, you. And I, I wasn't confident it was before. I think it is me before you. Okay. At any rate, Sam Claflin and Lily Collins are childhood best friends somewhere in England. Mm -hmm. They are clearly in love, but, you know, at this, they haven't gotten it together. They're children. And on her 18th birthday, they get drunk and he kisses her or she kisses him or something. But she is so drunk that she blacks out and gets her stomach pumped and does not remember anything. And the next day she's like, God, I just want to forget everything ever happened. And he's like, oh, she wants to forget me. And then there is like so much denial and one-upsmanship, which frankly was delightful to me, resulting in them basically going with separate people to British prom, which they previously were going to go to together. 
and they both have sex with those people even though this like entire time they are just like staring into each other's eyes practically kissing it's fine it's normal but then he like wants to apply for a scholarship to medical school at harvard and they basically make plans to go to boston together because he's like bc slash bu which we'll get back to has a great hospitality program which i believe is true depending on which school you're talking about but then surprise she gets pregnant from her like prom night sex thing so this movie really took a turn i was like oh this is not the film that i thought it was like in the slightest i thought that maybe they were young people who would travel the world and write letters to each other but i was wildly mistaken wildly so she's back in england raising a kid and he's at harvard medical school living with some other girl And then he has a pregnancy scare and then she marries her baby daddy and then he tries to tell her he loves her but her husband intercepts it and then her husband cheats on her and she finds the letter and then she's like, oh, but by then he has up and gotten engaged again or whatever and she tries to stop it but the plane is delayed. It's just a lot is happening. Um... Are those all the main points? Those are the main points. Oh, and her daughter, by the time he gets married to the second girl, who's really the first girl, is like a teen or a tween, and she has a male best friend, and it's like a slightly excessive parallel to their childhood. Yes. And also, Lily Collins, who dreamed of owning a hotel, hence the whole hospitality degree thing, does eventually buy a hotel, and then Sam Claflin leaves the wife that he was married to for a hot minute after being back with her for a hot minute, and they finally get together. What a mess. It's such a mess. Okay, I have so much to say about this movie. So I will say that I had really seen this movie several times because I had heard about the premise and was like, oh my God, this is something I would be so down with. And then when I watched the movie, I was like, this movie is not great, but I have a lot of feelings. And then I've seen it like several times since. However, this last viewing, which I feel like was like under a critical lens, I was like, this movie is really bad, guys. I was so like emotional invested so quickly because honestly they both have such good faces and I think they have really good chemistry yeah I think so too so there was a lot of stuff where I was like they have done this setup really well and I'm just like really about the situation but then I was like oh no no oh so much oh no it is a bit excessively like schmoopy a, a great deal of it I would like to say that maybe for the first time in this podcast I did not cry that's amazing. I did not cry at this movie. That's great. I mean, I would have been sad if you had. Oh, cried I think at- I also did not cry at not another happy ending. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been sad if you had cried at that as well. Anyway, do go on. So I was like, oh god, this whole mess is like predicated on the fact that they had like one misunderstanding that if they only they had just like spoken about it, this whole thing could have been resolved. Which is the premise of many a romantic comedy, but this one seemed especially excessive because it like spans another like thirteen years. Yes, I really thought that like after that prom night misunderstanding or whatever, they would at least like hook up or like kiss at the airport. Or Oh, you mean that scene at the airport where she says goodbye to him and their faces are like an inch away from each other? And they're other's? both like, should we kiss? Should we kiss? Should we kiss? Should we kiss? Oh, I guess we won't kiss. Oh, bye. <laughs> bye. Enjoy Boston. <laughs> well, initially I was like, where is his family? But then I was like, oh, I guess his family's like kind of distant. But I didn't sort of figure that out until basically the end of the film. Yeah, they. this movie has a habit of like throwing in some stuff where you're like, oh, would have been 
good to know that earlier, I guess. But I guess now we're finding it out here. Indeed. I was very confused about the timeline. I would also like to say that the producers, everyone involved, did absolutely no research about how schooling works in America or basically anything about Americans, which was really remarkable to me, considering I feel like it would have been just so easy. Um, I was like, are they just now applying to college at the end of British prom? That seems weird. I was also like, I'm not really sure why they're also obsessed with Boston. I was confused about like the timeline of like when they were applying and things like that and how he was like, I want to go to Harvard Medical School. And I was like, yes, but then you have to go to undergrad first. It was very confusing, the timeline where they were like, oh, I, now I want to go to Boston. All right, I guess I'll just apply. Two weeks later, I've gotten my letter. Let's talk about the BUBC thing just oh, for a second. Oh, my God. So they're sitting at the table, and he's like, Boston College has a great like hotel program, basically. And she's like, oh, awesome. And then she gets the letter and literally <laughs> reads aloud, Boston University is happy to like offer you a whatever. But then, like a scene after that, it's BC again. It was very confusing, especially because a simple Google search would have told you that these are two vastly different institutions. I will grant you, it is a little bit confusing. <laughs> However, anyone, anyone looking on the internet would have been able to tell you that these are different schools. It may be worth mentioning for anyone who doesn't know that we are from Boston. I did love seeing all the shots of Boston. That was very emotional. Oh, all their B-roll of yes. Boston. Because I was like, oh, look, it's the Zaco Bridge. Yeah, because all the stuff they actually shot in Boston proper was, was like, not in Boston. Was not in Boston. But it's fine. Um, but yes, the BCBU thing, I, this is the first hint of when you're like, I see they did zero research for this film. I feel like BU is probably the one with a good hospitality program. Yes, because I'm pretty sure because we have... Does BC have grad students? Yes. BC oh, okay. is a university as okay. well, which is very confusing. Yes. Um, but yeah, I was like, this... This is very funny, this whole like disregard of these. They are not interchangeable institutions. No. But anyway, let's talk about... Okay, two things about essentially the crux of what derails their plan, which is her getting pregnant. Yes. First of all, here's how she gets pregnant. She has spite sex with like a fit boy from their grade, essentially. Who is a douche. Yeah. And it's not great. And then he loses the condom in her vagina. Yep. Which, by the way, I was like, does this happen? And I googled... And the answer is yes. Great. And there are many, 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 many articles about it. Love that. Including one where like just the preview text I saw, it was two days before Poppy Coleman realized what had happened. Oh no. <laughs> and I just want to say two days before you realized that the condom had gone missing. Well, it's not great. It's not good. It's not good. At any rate, so now this is a new and terrifying thing that will hang over me the next time I contemplate having sex with them. <laughs> great. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so anyway, she loses the condom of her vagina, has to get it fished out in like, like the emergency room. room. Yeah. And apparently she takes the morning after pill, but it does it, not work. And she ends up getting pregnant anyway. And her family is Catholic. And so like, even though she's kind of like, whatever about it, she like doesn't end up getting abortion. And then she's like, I know I'll just like get the baby adopted. And this whole time, by the way, she's like, let me not tell my best friend in the world since childhood, Sam Claflin, about any of this. I'm just going to pretend that I can just go to Boston in six months when I've given the baby up for abduction. Everything will be fine. We'll never talk about it again. It won't exist. This is if I took like a brief vacation to Cannes. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then she obviously, when the baby is born, like decides to keep the baby instead and ends up having to finally tell him, but only because he shows up at her house and she's like trying to hide all the baby stuff. Well, and someone's told him. Yeah. But it's hilarious to me that even after he's arrived and she's planned to keep and raise this child for the rest of its life, that she imagines that she's somehow going to continue this ruse. I know. It's very, I was like, this was very poorly thought out. And I don't know what you were planning on going with this. Although I must say, I do have a note that says, can I be godfather? I'm crying. (laughs) But I was not crying. I was also on a larger like level kind of annoyed with the fact that she has sex once, gets pregnant. He gets to have sex a whole lot of times. And it's like totally fine. I was like, great, great. How great for her. Well, he did think that he had gotten what's-her-face pregnant, but then it turned out that she was cheating on him with that weird artist, which by the way, he was like so kind of sad about it. And then like we saw him like close the door, but I was really confused because I was like, he moved out of the apartment that he shared with the girl who was not the mother of his not child, but he had a nursery at his new place. I was like, did he not find out until after they broke up that he was not the father? Yeah, that was unclear. I mean, I guess we'll, should we get to how weirdly, like, stereotypically villainous all his girlfriends were? Oh, yes. Were? This movie did not get the memo that secondary love interests should not be stick figure horrible. <laughs> um, so first he's dating Sally, which, by the way, I had to Google the actress to be like, is she actually British? And she is actually British because her American accent was just way too broad. Um, and she's like this American girl at Harvard, I guess, that he meets when he theoretically is an undergrad, but the movie is playing fast and loose with timelines. She is very unpleasant. Yeah, she is extremely like comedically unpleasant. Like it is like a cartoon idea of like what a, a horrible, horrible girlfriend is. She they move into this like beautiful apartment together. First of all, if you are under the age of 22 in Boston, moving into an apartment with your girlfriend, your apartment should not be as beautiful as their apartment. <laughs> How much money do you have? And then- In Cambridge, presumably. I know, it's insane. They have this really nice apartment. And she is so callous and terrible that when Lily Collins send the, sends them like a Christmas card with like her kid on it and her, this girlfriend is like, ugh. And I was like, imagine, imagine that you were with someone and I sent you a Christmas card. I am a single mother. I sent you a Christmas card with my child, my adorable three-year-old child, like on it and me and your partner is like, Ugh. <laughs> like, would you not be like, hmm? She's like, oh, I'm just so repulsed by this picture of this child. Like, don't you think you would be like, I feel like this is a red flag. This- <laughs> It's funny to me, though, that you call this girl the first girl because the actual first girl is the one that he marries second. And Suki Waterhouse, yes. also horrible. Yes, but she's actually slightly less horrendous than Sally. Yes. Sally is, is like, so horrible. And then she's like, you've left your razor hairs around the sink again. You know I am allergic. And I was like, to, to hair? <laughs> to what? I was really confused. I was a little bit like, this does seem like an annoying You're like, this is annoying, but also you are the world's most unfun human being. Yes. Also, like, the reason they meet is because she sends her brother over to, like, be her wingman, essentially, and he calls her the bright sunflower in the family window box. And I was like, I don't know who wrote this script, but it was bad. Oh, that is the worst line. No, it's not. Um, I learned two new Britishisms, and that was fun. 
Oh, what did you learn? I learned casualty for emergency room. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. And I learned winding, which I guess is burping for yes, babies. Yes, I did. I also had to ask Alex what that was. And she was like, oh, it's burping. Um, so the the first time that, um, well, the only time I guess that Lily Collins actually meets the aforementioned Sally, right, is because like she, like sometime in the middle of the film, like he invites her to Boston to visit and she goes and she thinks like this is a moment where like they're actually going to be together now. Like she's been single momming it for a while, like sleeping with various men, which was great, by the way. I really enjoy that she was still getting to live her life, even though she had her kid. Yes, it was nice that she was dating. Yeah. Hilariously. Yes. And then she like goes to Boston and for some reason he takes her to like an all night party instead of taking her to to his home which I was like I would have hated this and would have been like goodbye but straight to the party like they did not even drop off her luggage yeah and then they like go to his place and his girlfriend is there and they like have like the world's most awkward dinner party and Sally makes them something like in phyllo dough and also oh in- it's just quail egg and asparagus in phyllo pastry uh yes with rocket sauce and I was like could you have not been bothered to even find out that Americans don't say rocket? What is that? It's arugula. Oh, oh yes, I did know that, but I did not know it was a sauce. Well, I, yeah, I don't know what you would make out of arugula, but I was like, who says rocket? No one says rocket sauce. And this is when I looked up to be like, is the actress British? And I was like, no one on set could possibly have been bothered to figure it out. You filmed this in like, I think Toronto and the UK. Surely there was an American or two you could have consulted, even any of the Canadians. I was going to say, I don't think Canadians, do they? They I don't think so, but I don't know. Um, This is random, but there was one point where she still had a flip phone and he had an iPhone, which I felt was very true to like a certain time. Yes. But when she had like a brick of a Nokia. (laughs) But when his like iPhone text showed up, they were backwards. Like the sender one was on the wrong side. Oh. And I was like joking to myself, like, is this because they're British? (laughs) (laughs) But truly, I was so baffled by that. A dumb joke that I loved. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, You know, I don't, I have no idea. Um, Let's talk about how her baby daddy, Christian Cook, is the worst. Oh yeah, he's garbage. So when, like, after she comes back from this, like, ill-advised Boston trip, right, where she, like, basically finds out that, like, not only is he in, like, a weird place and she's not going to get to make her love confession, but that he has, in theory, knocked up his horrible American girlfriend at the age of 24, by the way, which is still too young if you're planning on going to medical school. Assuming at this point he's in medical school, right? I don't know why he's, like, doing so well and, like, so handsome and, like, living in this beautiful apartment (laughs) dressed so nicely when he's a medical student probably drowning in debt but like okay he got a scholarship oh that's right that's right but he should still be exhausted yeah i know this was insane and i was like you're thinking about having a baby all right i mean he was not like i don't it was not intentional yeah yeah so anyway she like goes home because like she thinks that she's gonna like basically go to america to get a dad for her kid and then like goes home and is like well i should probably write to the actual dad of my kid and sends on a whim yeah and then he like turns up and is like i want to get to know the kid and then you find out at that point that she had told him when she was 18 that she got knocked up and he like peace 
Yes, I think it's mentioned briefly earlier, but basically, so he comes back and she's like, you had better be like such a good dad to her. And he actually kind of seems to be. He is. Like I wrote, like he does seem to be like a pretty good father, actually. Yes. So at least there's that, although he is otherwise a horrible person. Yeah, like really horrible. Um, But then I guess, you know, feeling lonely as people do, she marries him. Yeah. Well, I think she also was like, I think the appeal was that he was such a good father. No, of course. Yeah. Um, But anyway, they have this very Catholic time together. And then... Yes, they get married and Sam Coughlin like doesn't even bother turning up to the wedding. Yes. His sister does, but he does not. Well, he's busy breaking up. Um, But no, he did not want to watch her get married, which... But, but here's my thing, right? Your best friend is getting married. Should you not perhaps turn up to her wedding? Also, can they still call themselves best friends where it seems like they go for like years and years without speaking to each other? I don't think that they're actually not speaking to each other, but they're certainly keeping a lot of things from each other. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how deep you guys are getting over Skype, but all right. Anyway, but Christian Cook, the baby daddy, is literally so callous, like at her father's funeral. Yes. Which is what prompts Sam Claflin to be like, you shouldn't be with him, you should be with me. And then of course he intercepts this letter, which is like somewhat understandable, but still not nice. Yeah, he's like, like Sam Claflin is literally like hugging Lily Collins out of like grief and like solidarity. And her husband comes up to her and is like, hands off my woman. He is the worst. He's terrible. The worst. Um. I was, though, however, a bit like Sam Claflin, it is a bit presumptuous to write this letter when she is married. Yes. I was like, it's somewhat understandable that her husband would be like, um, I don't know about this. To all listeners out there, if you are feeling like you are in love with your friend and they are still married, even though their marriage does not seem to be going very well, I would say maybe hold off on writing that love confession or saying something. Why don't you just wait for their marriage to implode? Just wait for the divorce. It's going to happen really soon. So just hold on. You've already waited so long. In this case. Yes. Um, But then I feel like I lost all sympathy for Christian Cook when it turned out that he was also cheating on her. Yes. And I was like, well, and it was like, it it was bad. It It was was really bad. Over their anniversary weekend. I mean, come on. No. Insult to injury here. Seriously, seriously. But props to Lily Collins. She basically dumps him immediately. To that Lily Allen song, which I was like, was this still relevant in 2014? No. 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 I feel like that's like a high school era song, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lily Allen is uh, F.U. And then after this, she's like, I got to talk to Sam Claflin because she like finds the love confession he wrote. Like laws on the Skype to talk to him. And like it turns out there's like Suki Waterhouse, his first girlfriend, who is now like a famous model, which is true to life, and who has gotten back together with Sam Claflin because she like happened to be in Boston for something. And immediately engaged. Immediately. Like within a matter of, I don't know, months. And Weeks, th- days. Yes. That is, it felt like seconds. Yes. And she's like, oh, good time. We wanted to talk to you because we would like you to be his best man for our wedding, which is next week. I was like, are you guys trying to win a bet? Like, what's happening here? I was so confused. And I was like, she has to buy international flights in a week? Maybe Sam Claffin paid for the ticket like he paid for the other ticket. Well, he certainly didn't pay for the ticket for the daughter's, like, best friend, like, (laughs) joining them. I was like, what's wrong with this kid that he's coming with them? Where Katie goes, Toby goes. So dumb. Um, this seems like a good segue into, I guess, best and worst, because the first one on my list is I did love in the like little montage where she's like telling the beginning of their story, baby Sam Claflin stuffing the note into his mouth like he'd been taken prisoner when the teacher (laughs) caught them passing notes in class because I was like, this was cute. This was hilarious. This was the epitome of elementary school romance. 
Yeah, I thought that was sweet. I thought like some of the stuff when they're like kids is cute. I kind of enjoyed some of the stuff between Lily Collins and her tween daughter who really just looks like her sister uh, because Lily Collins at no point looked old enough to have a child. I was like, she has a good face, but perhaps they should have cast someone a little older so they could have like branched that difference between 18 and like 33. I didn't look up how old they were at the time. I think I assumed they must both be in their 20s. Yeah, I think so. I think she was, but she looks really young. I yeah so I enjoyed like that I I did enjoy that montage with her daughter and Greg uh her yes you're like this kid still deserves yeah to have a relationship with her father provided he's not a shitty father which he's not yeah and I thought that was really nice I mean I don't know if he like continued to be a good father or if this was just like a good period I mean there was never any indication that he was a bad father yeah. I feel like it seemed like she was the sort of person who would have really objected yes to that yeah. although she was evidently okay with his other crappiness, which yeah. I think is also common. Yeah, like I think it's like, well, if he wasn't a good dad, you know. Yeah. And then my <laughs> my favorite line, though, is when she is visiting Sam Claflin in Boston and they get into a huge fight. I can't remember why they get into a huge fight. Is it because she's like, oh, this isn't you or whatever? And Who can recall? I can't remember. Anyway, they had this fight where suddenly Sam Coughlin does like a 180 on his personality and is like, well, at least my kid will grow up with two parents. And I was like, whoa, man, whoa. <laughs> Previously, I had no indication that you were so against single parents. Um, and it just seemed like the movie was trying to mine for like more conflict when like there really wasn't like that much conflict. And then Lily Collins yells at him, go ahead and climb your greasy pole. <laughs> And I was like, what an amazing saying. Is this a Britishism? I don't know. I think so. Maybe. I mean, the question is, is the poll always greasy or only in this unsavory situation? That's true. I would like to know. I have a lot of follow-up questions. British listeners, please, there are some of you, please write in and let us know if this is an actual Britishism or this movie just made some shit up. Um... I enjoyed during the period of time when she had her young daughter but was dating that time when her daughter walked in on her handcuffed to the bed. Yes. And she was like, mommy heard that some beds were being stolen (laughs) and this way that won't happen to ours. (laughs) And then was forced to haul the headboard around. Yeah, I, I did like that. I was like, this joke was cheap, but I enjoyed it. Yep. Similarly, when she brings her friend to America and she and... Sam Claflin's weird friend like immediately get together I was like that joke was also cheap but I had an okay time I was like what a spare the pair situation (laughs) (laughs) I will say that like some of the mushy stuff got me oh did it yeah I mean I don't think that it was necessarily terribly well written but you know um let's talk about his wedding because that's where like a lot of stuff happens so at the beginning of the movie we start actually at his wedding she's like thinking about like the best man speech she's like gonna give and like reflecting on like their friendship and everything that's happened to them and then she gives what is probably the most self-centered best man speech of all time yep not a good place to go not not a movie you're gonna want to like reference or look to for like examples um yes you were like this is not the time this is literally the worst time for your love confession yes and then when so what happens during his wedding like after her speech is that her daughter's male best friend toby kisses her daughter the daughter gets like freaked out and like runs off to the roof and lily cons and some claflin like go after her And when they're on the roof, the kid is like, I don't know, like, it's like so weird. Like, I think I'm just going to tell him to forget it. 
And Sam Coffin is like, no, don't, because he will just spend the next 15 years looking for the perfect woman to like make up for the hole in his heart that is you, but he'll never find her and he'll just make terrible decisions. And I was like screaming like on the couch. Like, first of all, this kid is 12. You are telling a 12 year old girl that she should get together with this kid because this kid will be like somehow traumatized for life. What kind of message is this? I was like, there's so much projection going on and I get that, but hold up, man, this is a bad message. Well, I don't think it was so much that he will be traumatized as that she will never get to be with him. But I also was like, really? At 12, this is their last chance to be together? I mean, come on. I was like, at 12, it's perfectly fine that she thinks that this is weird and maybe she's like not up for it yet. And you guys should not be pressuring a 12-year-old to kiss her best friend. I mean, it apparently works out that she ends up does wanting to be with this kid and like kisses him or whatever. But I was extremely upset about the adults reaction in this scenario. Are they adults? They are so stunted. They're like Lorelai Gilmore adults. Yeah, that's true. Lorelai Gilmore, known for making great decisions. Very mature My ones. My God. Sam Coughlin, though, speaking of which, has the worst taste in women. I think the movie maybe didn't think about how comically horrible his girlfriends were and how that would reflect on Sam Claflin. It reflects poorly on him. Yes. I was like, this is so, she's not like other girls, I guess because all the other women that he knows are insane or not even insane, just very unpleasant. Yes. I did say though that the love confession at the end where he comes to the hotel and and whatever, I was like, oh, this is, this is not terrible. Like based on the rest of the movie, I would have thought it would have been really bad, but it actually wasn't. There honestly were a couple of bits where I was like, oh, I had feelings still about this. Honestly, whenever the two of them were together, like, except maybe at the wedding, it was mostly good. Whatever happened between them was often moving, but then all the stuff that was happening while they were apart was a disaster. Yeah, oh, I mean, except when he wrote, Rosie, you deserve someone who loves you with every beat of his heart. I was not wild about that. He's not a writer, he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I will say another unintentionally comedic moment in this film was the, when you mentioned like him, when he's left like the first terrible girlfriend and he's in his apartment, he's like closing the door on that nursery. And I've had feelings about that because I feel like no matter how like heavy handed that situation is, I always like feel for that situation for some reason. Like similarly in Fever Pitch, when like Jimmy Fallon is ready to have the baby and he puts the onesie away and I'm like, oh. So I felt kind of sad for like Sam Coffin in the situation where he totally thought he was like going to be a dad and then it turns out that his girlfriend had cheated on him. Um, I did feel for him. But then he's like texting with Lily Collins and he's like, turns out the baby wasn't mine. And then she writes back, oh, Alex, sad face, sad face. And I was like, this is an unintentional comedy. I did not mind that. You are callous and horrible. Sad face, sad face. I just thought there would be more from this situation, but... I felt like I could hear her. I will say that neither of them were especially eloquent people. Um, One line that I wrote down was, I'll always stand guard over your dreams, Alex. Oh, yeah. I thought that was weird. Oh, no. Too much. Uh, yeah. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. I've always liked the ending, though. When he shows up and everything. Like, I've always, like, found that kind of charming. Although I was, like, everyone at this, like, your hotel, like, opening day party are going to know that you are missing because you are upstairs having sex. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. In conclusion, this movie was bad, but there were times when it got me and my childhood friends falling in love place. It was better than 
not another happy ending, which was like way too convoluted. And this one was also pretty convoluted and like predicated on some like really bad communication. But I was like, boy, there are a lot of low points in this film. Yeah. It's like low point after low point here. So I will say, I don't know if it's like necessarily a comedy, but it, it has its moments. Yeah. POC, nary a one. No, not, not a single one. Um, Score... I was like, I don't know, six, six and a half. Because here's the thing. Emotionally, I was at a nine every time they were on screen together. But story-wise, I was at like a three or a four. I would probably say that I was probably at a four this this viewing of this film. I feel like normally I am at like a six or a seven when I like think about this movie or whatever. But like I was forced to confront how terrible it was because I was taking notes. And, yeah. and so I was like, oh, no. Um, which is not the first time that's happened. So I, I will say, yeah. So I would say like maybe four, uh, maybe four and a half stars out of 10 or not stars, uh, four, four and a half, what weird dreams. There's a whole ongoing thing with Sam Claflin is weird dreams. Um, four, four and a half bed frames. Missing condoms. Yeah. Surprise babies and or marriages. <laughs> Boston four, college slash university. <laughs> acceptance letters which all came in thin envelopes that was weird that was weird that but was super it, to be fair that's a thing that happens on american television and movies frequently where they like get acceptances in like thin envelopes but then there are other shows that make such a big deal of envelope size i know it's very weird and the, the thing is is also that, like in this day and age is anyone really i mean this was obviously a long time ago but like in the present is anyone actually still getting the paper letter oh i don't know i think i, I still, mean i think they do get it but i think they check online yeah first. i think i think i still thought that students were getting big envelopes well when i finally finished reading the to all the boys books i was like oh they all find out on their phones oh first that makes sense i mean the real letter is probably at home but i feel like there's so much joy in being like did you get a thin envelope did you get i mean not joy but like i never had this experience my mom opened all of mine <laughs> and like told me later to be fair i think when i was waiting on my college acceptance letters i would call home and be like did it come is it in a thick envelope is it a thin envelope to my brother Oh, yeah, no, never live this life. Well, anyway, overall, I, I think like you had a better time with this movie, this viewing, than but I did. how many viewings, how many times have you seen this movie? This is probably like the fourth time I've seen it, actually. So I watched this, you know, in the same like two day span that I watched Always Be My Maybe. And with that, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it again and then like collect my thoughts more. And with this, I was like, I cannot bear to watch it a second time. So it's <laughs> even though I so enjoyed the first like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I am is impressed the word that you have seen it four times. Yeah, I think so. I think it's been on like various things where it's been on like a plane or something and I've just sort of like watched it or like let it play or whatever. Um, so I don't know if I've actively watched it more than like once or, or I guess twice. Anyway. No, just be there. Live in your <laughs> shame. <laughs> um, Do I have to state again that I enjoy Leap Year? <laughs> yes, you will be in the town square talking about Leap Year and we will all throw stones at you. <laughs> I'm not saying I might watch it again. I just couldn't bear to watch it again yesterday. That's fair. That's extremely fair. <laughs> Maybe if I watched it again, I would like skip certain parts and only watch the parts where their faces are really close together. <laughs> skip all the parts with her husband. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Romcomathon. Again, you can find us on all our social media in the credits and we'll see you next time. Bye. 
Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at Romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and Romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you.